Hi everyone, David Harris with you here for Criminal Injustice. And here's a little bonus for you. Some more on the Supreme Court's 2018-2019 term. Now those of you who heard our last bonus where I ran down all of the Supreme Court's criminal justice cases from 2018-2019, I bet you want some more. Well, we've got a little something for you here. As I do many times, I appeared on The Confluence, a public affairs program on WESA-FM, Pittsburgh's flagship NPR station, and I had a wonderful conversation conversation with host Kevin Gavin about lots of the Supreme Court's cases this past term, not just a couple of the criminal justice cases we talked about, we will discuss those, but also some of the major non-criminal cases, the census case with the immigration question, the gerrymandering case, the American Legion giant cross on public land case. So here it is, the host is Kevin Gavin and the producer of The Confluence is Megan Harris. This episode was produced by Kylie Kaczynski. Here it is. Let's start with gerrymandering. The redrawing of Pennsylvania's congressional districts made it to the Supreme Court, but ultimately it was the state Supreme Court that ruled that the lines must be redrawn. So the new map was created. What did the justices say regarding the federal courts and gerrymandering? Well, in a very closely watched case, two cases actually, one from Maryland, one from North Carolina, the justices ruled that the federal courts have no role in the gerrymandering fight. They said that this was a, quote, political question, and that's a long-established doctrine. The last case I remember like that from law school, actually, was when somebody sued over the legality of the Vietnam War. Hmm. And so the, 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 the Supreme Court said the, the issues of districting and redistricting are constitutionally given to the state legislatures. We, the federal courts, the Supreme Court, have no role. And uh, this means that uh, the solution that happened here in Pennsylvania is pretty much the only type of solution. That is at the state level. It can be a state Supreme Court like we had here resolving this, or uh, we've seen in some other places redistricting commissions at the state level. But no federal court judgment will be involved here. But, of course, it'll start all over again after the 2020 census. That's when lines are redrawn again. Yes, that's right. Which brings us to a ruling about the next census and a question that is what the Trump administration wanted on there about citizenship. That's right. Department of Commerce versus State of New York. The Trump administration, I think a lot of us have heard about this, they wanted to put a a citizenship question on the ballot. There's a lot of political opposition to it, but the the, uh, executive branch uh, currently in power says, we're going to go ahead anyway. This was challenged in the courts and the Supreme Court ruled very odd Five to four decision, Justice Roberts making the difference uh, for the five side. Uh, he said this, the administration could do something like this. They have broad discretion over the census, but they gave us no plausible reason for putting this question on. In other words, if you had just given us a reason that was sensible, you could have won the case. But they purposely called out the statements of Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, and they all but called him a liar. 
to to his face. So is it automatically going back to lower federal courts or is that up to the Trump administration to you know revisit it there? The Supreme Court did send it back to the lower courts uh, and uh, there will be further proceedings there. Uh, and the president has already tweeted that uh, we're going to try to delay things and give them a better reason. So it's going to be very tough for the administration to convince a lower court that they actually had a real reason when the reason that they gave was not even true. But there's a time crunch here as well in case they want this for the 2020 census. Well, absolutely. And the president's talked about delaying the census. There's nothing in the Constitution that says exactly when the census is supposed to take place. It says every 10 years. So I suppose as long as it gets hap- it happens in 2020, that would be enough. But they got to print this thing up. They got to take care of business if they're going to get it out in time for next year. So there re- is a real practical problem at stake here. We're supposed to have a right to a jury of our peers, but there was a case claiming that jurors were excluded based on race. Remind us about this one and the importance of the high court's decision here. Yes, this is the Curtis Flowers case. Curtis Flowers has been tried six times for the same murder in Mississippi. Uh, three of those times, uh, there were there were reversals for prosecutorial misconduct and for racial picking of the jury. Two of those times, we had hung juries. The sixth time, they got a conviction. And the Supreme Court was faced with the question of whether and to what extent prosecutors could use race to choose jurors. There are two types of ways to exclude jurors. One is because they've expressed a bias. The other is what we call peremptory challenges. You can get rid of them for any reason except racial, gender, ethnic reasons. And the Supreme Court said here, the record over six trials was clear. This prosecutor, same one in each case, same person, excluded 41 of 42 potential black jurors. And that's something that the law simply doesn't allow. This was Kavanaugh's uh, um, majority opinion. Very interesting. He said, I'm not making new law. This is already the rule. But it was interesting to me that we we not only counted up the exclusions in the last trial, the sixth one, but all of them. And I think that does broaden the rules some. Will this catch the attention of prosecutors across the country? If they're smart, it will. Um, This case, it's based on the Batson versus Kentucky case that goes back several decades. It's been easy to ignore, easy to kind of find ways around it. I think the rule is somewhat strengthened by this decision. Officers in Pennsylvania and across the country pull over motorists all the time for suspected drunk Mm -hmm. driving. So breathalyzers are often administered, even blood tests to check uh, blood alcohol levels. But Wisconsin passed a law allowing for a blood draw on unconscious suspected blood uh, drunk drivers? That's right. This was the Mitchell case. Uh, we had uh, several cases about DWI testing in the last several terms. And the Supreme Court had said breathalyzer, not a search, doesn't need a warrant. Blood draws? That's a search. That goes below the skin. That needs a warrant. So the question here was if you had an unconscious person who couldn't consent and and so forth, didn't you need a warrant there as well? We all know that the, the evidence is being destroyed. The liver is metabolizing uh, the alcohol that the person has has ingested. This has never been enough by itself to get the court to relax its warrant requirement. But here, because the person was unconscious, Wisconsin was saying, this is different. And the Supreme Court, somewhat surprisingly to me, because of those earlier cases, said, no, if the person is unconscious, go ahead and draw the blood without 
a warrant. The rationale for the decision is up uh, is sort of up for grabs. Is it a violation of the Fourth Amendment, or is this something called implied consent? When you get your your license, you you give consent. Uh, that was not resolved, so I don't think this is the last word on blood draws and Fourth Amendment search and seizure. Illegal, uh, right? th- that's clearly in play here, but it just wasn't clear whether that was the rationale or the implied consent thing was. Okay. So it's been a busy term for the U.S. Supreme Court. And on Friday, uh, they already announced a case they'll be considering when they return in October. That's right. They accepted 13 cases for next term, but certainly the marquee one, uh, they're going to hear the Dreamers case. They're going to decide whether President Trump has the authority to end the DACA deferred action program instituted by the Obama administration. That's certainly one we'll all be watching next term. David Harris is a professor of law at the University of Pittsburgh. He's the host of the Criminal and Justice Podcast and WESA's legal analyst. David, thanks so much as always. Kevin, it's great to be with you. Yep, that was it. That was my confluence with Kevin Gavin on The Confluence on WESA-FM on some of the major cases from the Supreme Court's 2018-2019 term as it ended. I'm David Harris. I'll be back with you next time. Criminal Injustice is written by David Harris and produced by Josh Rollerson. For more information, links, and past episodes, visit criminalinjusticepodcast.com. Ah!